All right, go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're in our series. We started last week, the parables of Jesus. We're talking about parables. And last week we talked about uh, one of the most important parables that even Jesus talks about. He said, if you can't understand this one, you won't be able to understand any of them. And that was the parable of the sower, the importance of sowing seed from the word of God and what that's, what you are as soil, how you receive the seed. Now, we talked last week that the seed, being the word of God, it only produced fruit in one of the four soils. And it was not because of the seed. It was because of the soil. And the one soil just never let it take root. Satan came and stole the word before it even took root. The other one, it started to, but the roots didn't go deep because anytime a problem came, a persecution came, it just... It went away, and then the other one was <clears throat> the one that started to, you know, at least begin to try to establish something, but because of worries of life, the cares of the world, the desire for wealth and all that, it choked the life out of the, what was there. So none of them produced fruit except the good soil that received the word, accepted it, and allowed it to take root, and it patiently endured, and it produced a harvest. So this week we're talking about another one that's similar to this, and it's just a couple of verses after that one. And this is the parable of the growing seed, Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. So let's go ahead and read that together. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. First the leaf blade pushes through. Then the head of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. As soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. All right, we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about this parable. There's several things I want you to understand in this parable, and I have them there in your notes. The first is this, the importance of planting and preparing your heart in the soil. And see, this one and in in, in this one, we're not talking about the, the, the sower as necessarily Jesus, I'm talking about you planting seeds in your life. Because, see, it says when it talks about, I think it's in verse 27, it says that when it started to grow, um, the, you know, the farmer slept night and day. But then it said and the seeds were sprouting. And it says the, the farmer didn't understand how that happens. If it was Jesus, he'd probably be able to understand that. Okay, so, so there's something about not just, not just the Lord sowing seeds in us, but sometimes, you know, we have what the Bible calls the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You can plant this in your life. You can plant this in your life. Just one decision to say, I am planting this kind of seed in the life, in the garden of my life. And, and, and this isn't any uh, great revelation. Every one of you will know this. But whatever you plant is what you produce. So, you can look at what you're producing in your life and determine what you're planting. So if you don't like what you're producing, change what you're planting. It's, I mean, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. Um, so we're talking about planting and preparing. All right, so as we get going in this, listen, there is, I want you to hear me say this up front. There is a responsibility we have to plant and to prepare the soil of our life. It doesn't mean we're not getting into a works-based religion, that we have to do this and do this and do this. What we have to do is always prepare ourselves so when the word comes forth, the word does the work. But we have to open ourselves up for that. And that's what the, the, 
the parable of the sower was, it talked about, listen, if you let the worries of life and all that, it'll choke out the word. The word cannot produce fruit in your life if you continue to allow Satan to come and steal it. You allow problems and persecutions to throw you off, and, 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 and then you allow the worries of life and the desire for other things mess you up. You, if you allow that, listen, it's not the seed. The Bible says that the, the word produces always. Always, but we have to line up our hearts for it. So let's look at 2 Timothy 2.6. Just as an example, a hardworking, and hardworking farmers should be, the first, should be the first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Okay, listen, hardworking. We're going to talk here just a few scriptures about that. We do, have a, we do have an opportunity. When we're talking about sowing, we're talking about planting, farming sometimes is hard work. But the work is the soil preparing. No farmer makes the seed grow. No farmer makes things happen. The farmer that plants, all he's got to do is make sure the soil that it's planted on is taken care of. The life and the power, the fruit, everything in it comes from the seed. So you can go out there and if you, if you think you can do it without the life of the seed, go plant a garden with no seeds. You can water it every day. You're not going to produce anything. Because all of the life-giving stuff is in that seed. And it's the same way when it comes to the seed of the word of God. Look at Colossians 1, 28 and 29. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone, teaching everyone all the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God and perfect in the relationship to Christ. This is Paul saying, that's why I work so hard and struggle so hard. Depending, this is how when we work hard and we try to do these things, here's what we do. We depend on Christ's power. So even when we're working to try to make sure that, we're, that our hearts are right and our hearts are open before God, we're depending on Christ's power that works in us. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. So if you don't have the strength to do it, that's okay. It actually works better that way. Because in your weakness is when God's strength will manifest. So when you decide, you know what, I want my heart to be the type of soil that the word of God produces. And when I plant this into my life, that I see the results of it. The work that's going to take for you is a work to decide. Let's talk about what some of that hard work is. Some of that hard work is clearing your schedule. Some of that hard work is deciding it's important enough for something, you know, for you to make time for it. And sometimes, I, you know, I've heard people say, you know, sometimes you have to say no to something to say yes to something else. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that it shouldn't be like, oh, man, now I can't go do that. Because it's amazing. Um, for some reason, I, I always feel like I'm really busy. I mean, I, I always feel like there's, there's just always something coming up. I either, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm going out to see this person, I'm doing this, I got to study for this, I study for this, you know, I'm teaching Wednesday nights, teaching on Sunday, meeting, I have staff meeting on Mondays, and council meetings, and elder meetings. We have all these different meetings on the schedule, and and, uh, you know, women's meetings, but I have to go to those. But there's just all this stuff. And sometimes I think I'm really busy. But then someone says, hey, man, you want to grab some lunch? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got time. I got time. Hey, man, you want to go? You know, you want to go? Well, I haven't done this in a year probably. But, uh, hey, you want to go play, play around the golf? I love to play golf. I just never do it. Uh, and I'm not very good. That's probably why people don't ask me a lot anymore. But I... Uh, but it's amazing how something you enjoy, you'll find time to do it. You know, someone said, hey, man, there's this really good restaurant. You ought to try it. Okay, I'll try it. You'll, you'll work your schedule if you really want to do something. 
And some of the hard work, it's not work like, like God is just demanding that you do all this. But sometimes you have to say, listen, for me, I have to plant the word in my life. I, I have to plant the word of God. It, you know, and, and it can happen different ways. There's times where I would put, um, you know, my, my phone, I'd have my phone sitting out, and I would just put it on, I have a Bible app on there, and it'll read to, it'll play, it'll speak the word. And sometimes I just have that going. You know, when I went through that not too long ago, I had about two weeks where I had that uh, viral infection. I spent a lot of time in bed, and I'd push through for certain things, and then I'd be back in bed for days. And, and when I was going through that, you know what, I would just play it. I would just lay there, and I would just hear this guy, you know, for the Lord is my shepherd. I shall. I'm like, you know what, I probably wouldn't say it like that, but, I, man, I, but I'm getting the word. I'm hearing the word. And so there's all kinds of things that you can do when you're driving down the road. Don't read while you're driving. Play it. Play it. Just have it on your phone. Play it. You know, look at it this way. Okay, because someone said, well, you know, it's just, you know, with all this social network, all this stuff. Listen, God's into social network. He texted you. So why don't you read it? Why don't you read his text? Okay, and then get back with him. Right? And this one, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, Verizon or AT&T or what kind of plan you got. Listen, you can, you got thousands and thousands of texts. You can read it and reply to it, and it won't cost you anything. If your phone breaks, you can still get the text from God. It's right here. It's right here. So dig into it. Dig into it. That's some of the work that it takes. Let's keep going. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. See, God's still telling us we need to get in this word. Then it says, meditate on it day and night, and you will be sure to obey everything written in it. And listen to the next two words. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. If you take that same verse and correlate it with the parable of the sower, that's what he's saying. When you meditate on the word and you allow that to take root in your life and do what the word's telling you to do, and you really allow it to work in you, again, you don't have to produce it. That's the problem. Sometimes we think we have to manifest it. You don't. Just plant it. That's it. Just plant it. And it'll produce. But it's only then that you'll prosper and succeed in all you do. And God's prospering and succeeding for you is way better than yours. And we, we people have a tendency to push for success and do everything they can to be successful and prosperous. And here's what the Lord says. If you'll study this and meditate on it day and night, get in this word, you will prosper and you will succeed. Why? Because his word will produce that. Not your great talents or lack of. His word will do it. So we want to we make sure that we do our part in planting and preparing our, our hearts. All right, here's verse 27 and 28. It talks about the power of the seed. Do you know in this there's no, there's no, um, nothing produced because of the soil except the soil being right. But all the life of everything is in the seed. Listen, it should take a load, pressure off of you to think that somehow you have to manifest something. I told somebody one time, they said, you know, I read, I read the word, but it's not working. I said, listen, the word works. What else is growing? There's, got it, there's, there's stuff growing. By no way is this a condemning like, oh, so you're saying there's something wrong with me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. 
the word will produce. And it either means that you need to walk in patience and, and let patience have its perfect work. Or it means that there may be some other things growing, some worry, some concern, some desire for other things, the cares of the world, the, the lust for wealth or whatever, all that stuff that you're putting all this other stuff in the same place. And I'm telling you, it'll choke it out. It'll choke it out. But all of the life and the power of everything you need is in the seed. Your only responsibility is plant it. Just plant it. All right, Hebrews 4.12. Let's look at the, the power of the word. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and full of power, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Here's what happens when you plant the word. The word is powerful enough that it'll help you realize even what areas still need to grow. Because the word of God will do this. It will actually expose your innermost thoughts and desires. So even if you say, you know, I'm struggling. I don't, maybe there is something going on that the, earth, that the word isn't producing in my life. Then plant the word. And you know what the word will do? It'll totally reveal what's going on inside of you. And for some of you, you have no idea what's going on inside of you because you're not planting the word. But when you plant the word, it'll expose it. But here's the good thing. It doesn't, it doesn't expose it like, see, look at that, man. You got all that junk in you. You know what it exposes it? It exposes it to heal you. It exposes it to say, hey, this, now you're getting ready to see stuff you ain't seen before because now you realize there's been something hindering the power of God from fully manifesting in your life. And if you don't see it, you can't deal with it. If you don't know it, you can't deal with it. And the Lord will reveal things to you. There's been times with me that the Lord has revealed things to me. Like, you know, like, hey, listen, you know what? You've not trusted me in that area. I'm like, God, I trust you, but you've never trusted me with that. And I was like, oh. Then there's been things in my life that, it happened years ago that I never thought even affected me. And the Lord, through his love, revealed it. So I could be free. That's, that's the love of God. That's, that's, that's what he does. His word exposes that. Because some of us, we need to know what, what is hindering the things of God from working in my life. Have you ever asked that question? Has anybody ever asked that question? Lord, I've prayed, I've asked. What's hindering it? You know, sometimes there's the illustration I use, I've used it before because it, it's the one that when the Lord kind of showed me this illustration, I was at Cracker Barrel drinking sweet tea, and I don't get lemon in my sweet tea anymore because of this reason. Um, but there was lemon in, lemon in the sweet tea, and I had it in there, and I was drinking, and all of a sudden, I sucked up a seed, but it only went partway up the straw, and it stopped. Well, then I was just, and I could get no tea, and I'm, you know... I'm not one of those germaphobes that's like, oh, I can't put my lips on the glass. I have to use a straw. Man, if there's tea, I'll lick it off the table. I don't care. But, <clears throat> but the reality is but the reality is that I'm sitting there like, and it would have been the stupidest thing for me to say, this tea, man, this straw, everything's broke. Stuff, it's not working. This thing doesn't work. There's no tea in my glass. Nothing. You know why? Because, listen, I, I had to understand, well, there's a blockage. There's something hindering me from accessing what I'm trying to access. I have everything I need, but there's something hindering it. 
And then once I pulled the straw out and slid that seed right out, next thing you know, man, it's flowing smooth. And I'm like, that's what I've been waiting on. And can I just tell you, sometimes in our spiritual life, we have these little seeds that are blocking things. And it's not that God doesn't love you. And it's not that you're not doing a good job. It's just a matter of, listen, let's allow the Lord to help us. David even said, search me, O God. Search me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Because if there's anything that's hindering me from from walking in all that you have for me, I want to know. Because I don't want anything stopping me from gaining and fulfilling everything you have for me. But sometimes, can I be honest with you, and we're going to move through this, sometimes we get afraid to ask that question. Because we know he's going to answer us. And we're going to have to deal with it. Right? You ever been like that? There's been times I, I didn't want to pray. Lord, show me. You ever been in one of those disagreements? You know, you're in your spouse. Patty and I, we've had a little disagreement. Especially beginnings of our marriage. But now she, now she knows pretty much I'm right. But um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm right when I say you're right, Patty. That's the only time I'm. But when, we, when you have those. And then you go and you're like frustrated and you're like, you know, God, God, can you, can you just reveal to her? You know why I'm saying that? Because I don't want to say, God, did I do something? Because I know I did something. And I don't want to ask God. Because God's going to say, uh, you need to relax, big boy. You're getting too, too frustrated. And that's not how I love you and that's not how you should love your wife. It's you, not her. See, you don't want to hear that. How many times you going to God? God, I know it's my fault. Help me. No, right, God. You hear what they said? They call me a name. That's all I want to do. We don't deal with our stuff. But guess what? This is what God's taking us to. Hey, bring it in. Bring it right here. What's in your garden? What are you planting? What's hindering? And let's deal with it. Let's deal with it once and for all. John 6, 63. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing when it talks about the seed. You can't make the seed. You can't make that kind of life happen. Then it says, <clears throat> and the very words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Listen, the words from God, they're spirit and they're life. The word of God is life. It's life. It's life. Proverbs 4, Proverbs 4 said that the word of God is life to your bodies, health to your flesh. The word of God is life. Let's keep going. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Where does that fruit come from? It comes from him. The only way you can produce much fruit is when you're connected to him. He's the vine, you're the branch, right? We talked about this. All the substance for life is in the vine. The fruit comes out where? On the branch. Take the branch off. Set it aside. You're going to have fruit. We had that windstorm. Listen, there are branches all over this place. Dead. No life. You know why? Because once they come off the source from the vine, they have no life. And we think that if we detach ourselves from connecting with God and getting in his word, that we're going to produce anything. I'm telling you, it's just going to be a branch just out there wilting away. 
But if you'll stay connected to the vine, here's what happens. All the, new, all the nourishment, all the nutrients, all the life that's in the vine flows right out through you. And all the things that you've been waiting for that God's promised to produce in your life will just start coming out. Coming out. Not because you're doing anything right and, per, and, and, and performing to make all that happen. Only because you're connected to where all the life is. It's that simple. Just connect. Just connect. Galatians 5, and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This is what happens when you connect and the Word of God goes in you and you're open to the Word of God and the Spirit of God in your life. You produce the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all that. You produce it. That's the kind of fruit we should be seeing in our lives. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, another example that it's God that does the work. Paul said this, I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. So see, even that right there, you can plant it and you can water it, but God's the only one that can make it grow. So your part is only to plant and to, and to keep the soil healthy. That's all your part is. Your part has nothing to do with making it grow. Your part is connecting and, and, and planting. It's, and then it says this, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. I promise you, I promise you. You continue to put seed in your life every day. God will make it grow. God will make it grow. He'll make it grow. All right. Now here's the fun part. Patience during growth. Lord help us. You ever planted something and you went out the next day hoping you had a whole tree? In the natural? We don't do that much in the natural. I, I do. I'm, I, can be, tend, I can tend to be impatient. Um, used to. Getting better. Philippians 1.6. I am certain that God who began the good work within you will do what? Continue his work. He'll continue his work until the day it's finally finished when Christ Jesus returns. <clears throat> so when Jesus comes again, we go. Until then, God is working. And when he begins something, he will continue until he finishes when Jesus comes. So for us, sometimes we want to go from here to here in just one step. And it's along the way sometimes. And that's why I say this phrase all the time. And some people are getting to where they like it. Some people still don't like when I say it. But you have to enjoy the journey. We always wait for the destination, but when, when <clears throat> there was a time on our anniversary a couple years ago, Patty and I were going to the beach, and I'll never forget, um, I don't like to travel. I'm not a traveler. I mean, even coming from my house to the church, I'm like, I'm going to stop and get something to eat. I mean, it's five minutes. I just don't like sitting in the car. I don't like sitting on a plane. I don't like sitting in a boat. I just, I don't like it. I don't like to travel. Um, so, um, <clears throat> I don't even, what was I saying? It's powerful. Oh, do what? Yes, enjoy the journey. But we were getting ready to go to the beach on our anniversary. And do you know just the thought of getting away for a week, just me and my wife on our anniversary? When I got in the car, joy started. And I realized I was already enjoying our time away, and we weren't even there yet. And I realized, why was I enjoying it? Because I knew where we were going. And if we can have that mindset to say, listen, I don't, I don't like this part of it, but I know where it leads, and I know where I'm going, and I know where I'm going to be when it's all done, and that's going to be a great place.
What if we looked at our journey as not from here until, you know, until I get to the beach or here until this happens in my life? What if our journey is our life on earth? What if that's our journey? And we face difficulty, but we say, you know what? I'm walking through this thing, loving Jesus, serving Jesus, and I know at the end of this journey, I'm forever and ever and ever and ever in his presence with no pain, no suffering, no crying, no tears, nothing. Just rejoicing in heaven with the God who created this whole place. What if, what if our journey is that? Whatever it is, we need to enjoy it because God's with us through the whole thing. Hebrews 6.12. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. One translation says because of their faith and patience. Faith and patience. Listen, patience is a struggle sometimes. Let me tell you why it's a struggle. Because if we plant the seed of the word of God and the spirit in our life, patience is one of the fruits of the spirit. If we don't plant that, we don't walk in that. So if you find yourself a not a very patient person, then plant the seed of the word. Plant the things of the spirit in your life so you can produce patience in your life. All right, Romans 4.20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. You know what brings glory to God? Is even while you're waiting on this promise, and you don't see it, you don't waver. You just continue to say, nope, I still worship God. I still trust God. I'm not moved. I'm stronger. My faith is getting stronger and stronger. And, and even in my prayer for Zach, you know what? I'm stronger than I've ever been in my belief for that young man, for my son. I am stronger in believing God's promises for him, and I haven't even seen the full manifestation. So you would think if you haven't seen it in 15 years that you start to get discouraged. Not me. I'm stronger than I've ever been because, you know what, because I continue to plant, continue to plant the word of God. Uh, John 14, 1. This is part of what he tells us to do as people. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, that's, that's, that's not saying, God's saying, listen, I'm not going to let your heart be troubled. Don't you worry. You know what God says? You. Don't let your heart be troubled. Then he tells you how. Trust. Trust in me. Trust in me. I'll take care of you. You know how you can trust God? You got to get to know him. If you don't know him, you'll never trust him. But if you know him, you'll always trust him. Because if you really know God, then you know his dependability. You know his faithfulness. You can't know God and not trust him. It's impossible. It's impossible to know God and doubt him. It's impossible to know God and think he doesn't care for you. If you get to know God and you continue to grow in that knowledge of him, you'll be able to trust him. Humans, we can't trust each other. We can say we trust each other. Every one of us have the potential of failing. Every one of us do. I trust people, but not as not 100%. You can't because they're human. But I trust God with everything. He will not, he will not fail. Look at Daniel 3, 15 through 18. I love this. 
I'm just going to say it for you because I just tell it. But here's what happens. These three Hebrew children, they're getting ready to get thrown in the fiery furnace because they're not bowing down to this false god. So there's this, this statue, this big god that they're supposed to bow down to. And he says, listen, we want you to bow down. He looks out and here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're standing there and they're not bowing. So they bring them before the king and the king says, listen here. You're going to bow. And if you don't bow, we're going to crank that thing up hotter than it's ever been. Seven times hotter. We're going to crank it up and we're throwing you in there if you don't bow. And here was their response. They said, listen. Just, and then this is the Scott Jenkins version. He says, we're not doing that. I'm just going to tell you right now, crank it up as hot as you want. We're not bowing. Our God will rescue us. Our God will rescue us. Then look at verse 18. But even if he doesn't, we'll make it clear to you, your majesty. See, he was still respectful. We'll make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue you set up. See, that's a whole different place to trust. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's easy to say our God will rescue. He better rescue us. Or saying, listen, my love for him isn't based on his performance. Even if he doesn't come through, I still know he's good. He's still, I'm still serving him. He's still my God. And I'll just go. My life will end right here serving God. See, it's easy to trust God and to say, oh, God, I trust you, but only if you come through. But where is that faith in us that says, God, I trust you. I trust you with this church. Lord, I, we, you told Patty and I, you told us to plant this. And I trust you with it. And it's going to do good. But even if it doesn't, if I mess it all up, I still trust you. Even if it doesn't work like I think, I still trust you. Even if it doesn't end up being what I thought it was going to be or what I was hoping it would be, I still trust you. Where is our faith and our trust in God that is bigger than our circumstances? It's bigger than what we hope that it will be. But where are the people today that can stand up and say, God, I trust you no matter what. No matter what. Even if you don't rescue me in this, I still trust you. Now, finish the story. God rescued them. But their heart, see where their heart was? Their heart was like, I trust you. I trust you so much that even, even if it doesn't work out like I want it to, I still trust you. I still know you're good. That's a deeper, that's a deeper walk. And then producing a harvest is what happens. Once you plant and prepare, and then you understand the powers in the seed, and you've prepared your soil, that the seed now work, does its work, and you can be patient to know that the blade will first come, and then there'll be the little bit more of the the grain, and then it ripens, and then it produces. And when the harvest comes, man, that's when you, you begin to see the fruit of what you've been praying for, what you've been believing God for. But it takes a place of trust. Uh, um, look at the first verse. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Galatians 6, 9. Galatians 6, 9 says, listen, don't get tired of doing the right thing. Don't get tired of doing, doing good because here's what happens. Just the right time. You'll reap a harvest. You'll reap a harvest. Why does he say don't get tired? Because it may not happen right away. It may not happen right away. And you got to keep going. And you're going to feel like you might want to quit. And I'm just telling you, that's the line right there that a lot of people get to. And they never see it. And you don't even know sometimes that you're one day away. You're one week away. You're one moment away. And you get to that line and you got nothing else. And here's the thing. you got to keep going. you got to keep going. you got to be Nemo. 
Just keep swimming. You got to keep swimming. You can say, well, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, this net's taking us up. Keep swimming. Don't you give up. Keep going. Keep going. That's what God wants us to do, to keep going. Isaiah 55, 11, it says that the, <clears throat> in the same way my word, he'll send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. If your soil, you've prepared your soil, and the fruit and the seed of the word of God is in your heart, and you've been planting it, and you're watering it and taking care of it, here's the promise. It will produce fruit. So if you don't see it right away, hold on, but that fruit's coming. And it'll, that fruit will come, and it will manifest in your life. And here's the good thing about fruit. You know what fruit does? Fruit is not just for you. Other people see fruit. No one sees the seed. No one sees the seed. So see, what you do in your prayer closet, wherever you are on your front porch or outside or in your car, wherever you go, and you just read the word. See, no one sees that. When, we, when Patty first planted some tomatoes uh, in the garden in our backyard, uh, no one came out and, said, and, and, and saw this pile of dirt and said, oh, I can, see, I can see seeds. No, the seeds are under. You can't see that. You can't see the seed. What do people see? They see the fruit. No one ever said anything when they saw just dirt. No one said anything. Patty's over there watering. She's, she's watering dirt. She's baking mud. What is she doing? Well, no one knows. Until this little, little green things are come up out of the ground. And then people realize, oh, you know what? They planted something in there. Still not sure what it is, but then it starts to grow more. Yeah, that's whatever it is, it's growing. No one knows what it is. Then all of a sudden a tomato. It's at that moment everybody knows what that's all about. Everybody knows that's a tomato plant. That's a tomato plant. Why? Because it's growing a tomato. Listen, when you let the word of God produce, you know what people are going to say about you? That's a believer. That's a Christian. That's a follower of Jesus. I can tell. Look at the fruit. I can tell. Look at the fruit. Matthew 5, 16 says, listen, that we need to let our light shine. And people, it says this, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Everyone. How can they praise the Lord? Because they see fruit in you. That's from him. So they praise him. They see fruit in you that's bigger than you. They see fruit in you that in the midst of chaos around this world, chaos in, this, in, the, in the world we're living in, and they see someone who's solid, not walking around scared to death of what's going to happen, not, not thinking, oh, this is so miserable. I'm telling you, God is able to just, his word is going to do something in you that we are going to be some of the most, and I don't mean not being honest, we've already talked about all that, but I mean some of the most positive people that we realize what God is doing, and we don't spend as much time talking about how the enemy is destroying. We talk about what God is doing because there are times where, yes, there is a lot of stuff that's happening. But here's the thing. In the midst of things that are happening in this world, guess what else is happening? The church is rising up, and we're getting stronger, and we're not being moved by everything that we see. And the fruit in you ought to, ought to be seen. People ought to see that and noticed it. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 talks about the joys for those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. 
They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they, and they prosper in all that they do. That's what our life should be like. We have to believe God that his word will do that. Stop trying to make that happen. Start spending more time on the soil of your heart and less time trying to produce fruit. Because God does the fruit. God makes it grow. Your job is to plant and water. Plant and water. Bible time, Bible time. Pray, worship, plant and water. Say it. Plant and water. Plant and water. That's what we're supposed to do. Plant, water. That's all man can do. God does the rest. God makes it grow. 